As equally dynamic and instantaneous as any good head kick, submissions have always been a key component at the heart of MMA. I mean, let's not forget what happened at UFC 1, people. Of course, controlling your opponent long enough to be able to lock up a limb, neck, or leave them unconscious isn't always the easiest thing to do. But once secured, more often than not, there are very little choices left but to tap or start counting sheep. Still, there have been several examples across the history of mixed martial arts where opponents have refused to quit, resisted the temptation to go towards those bright octagon lights, and somehow survived. And before the video, just a quick reminder to like and subscribe. We recently noticed only a few of you are getting notifications, so make sure to click the bell and turn those on. I'm Balian from MMA On Point, and this is 10 Times Fighters Impossibly Survived Submission Attempts. Number 10, Eric Silva vs. Matt Brown. Back at a good old proper UFC Fight Night event in 2014, a main event scrap was set to take place between Matt Brown and Eric Silva. Two welterweight finishes who put on one of the best rounds of mixed martial arts you'll see as they duked it out back and forth running through just about every MMA scenario you could think of. Eric Silva entered the contest with nine first-round finishes on his record, so after he blasted Matt Brown with a liver kick that dropped him against the cage in the first 30 seconds, taking his back and sinking in a deep neck track, determined to crush the life out of the immortal. But as the name suggested, Matt Brown isn't easily finished. He managed to somehow refrain from tapping and found himself on the top, proceeding to put a beating on Silva that saw him leave the octagon on a stretcher. Still, for a second there, people assume Matt was just an everyday guy, not an unstoppable being of destruction. Number 9. Ken Shamrock vs. Don Fry in what was being billed as a legendary feud between two muscle-bound American flag-waving wrestlers, Pride 19 played host to a clash between now legends of the sport Dom Fry and Ken Shamrock. After sharing a gaze in the pre-fight stare-down longer than they locked eyes with their high school sweethearts, the bell rang and the two men charged at each other as they began trading body shots in the clinch like two brothers trying to make the other quit, with the Japanese crowd cheering and chanting uncharacteristically as the tensions built in the ring. Three minutes left in the first round when Ken dropped down and snatched up the knee of Mr. Don. For three whole minutes, Ken worked for a heel Hook, then a knee bar and finally a toehold, but it was not enough as Fry survived everything Ken threw at him. The fight went to the third round and with just 30 seconds left, Ken locked in another deep toehold and in response, Don grabbed his own as the clock ticked down with Bass Rutten literally shouting, Jesus Christ! The clock hits zero. The fight is a split decision to Don, still one hell of a way to end the rivalry. Number eight, Tyron Woodley and Stephen Thompson. Back in the day at UFC 205, Tyron Woodley and Wonderboy Thompson put on a fight of the year contender in their back and forth bout for the UFC welterweight title. Thompson had risen relatively quickly through the rankings and champion Woodley was making his first title defense, but hey, for all you fans who didn't get to see a prime Woodley, well this is, forgive the pun, a prime example of what people were trying to tell you about. He wobbles Wonderboy and marches him down, drops him and unloads ground and pound as somehow like freaking Boulder from God of War. Thompson refuses to go down, eventually Woodley pulls guard and goes in on a guillotine, squeezing his head so much I thought Wonderboy's eyes were going to go total recall mode. By some miracle, he stays conscious long enough for Woodley's arms to tire and pop his head free. All-time great sequence for the chosen one and another seemingly impossible escape. Number 7. Tim Elliott vs. Demetrius Johnson at one point in time before super fights, when a UFC champion was so dominant it became difficult for the organization to find them competitive fights, someone had the bright idea of inviting all the champions from different promotions to compete on the Ultimate Fighter, until only one was left. Who would get a free shot at UFC Gold? Sounds great, right? Well, not when your UFC champion is Demetrius Johnson and is trying to make his ninth title defense in just three years. The point is, no one gave any hope in hell to the winner of Season 24, Tim Elliott, who was actually a UFC vet, so it's not surprising he actually made it to the title shot. 
So the fight starts out and everyone is expecting the same kind of fight out of DJ, but most people weren't expecting Tim Elliott, who came out with his patented awkward moveset. Within 30 seconds, he'd gone for a guillotine, a straight arm lock, and several open hand slaps, before diving on a Kimura, chaining into graceful sweeps and sub attempts from both men. Tim then jumps on a guillotine and latches onto him like a cat climbing your curtains. He gets on top and switches to a dance, and it's in deeper than Donnie Brasco. The entire attack lasts for a full minute before DJ slips his chin out after rolling onto his knees, but for a moment there, everyone held their breath as it looked like the longest ever championship reign was at an end. Number 6. Tyson Griffin vs. Frankie Edgar In a stellar debuting performance, we welcomed Frankie Edgar to the UFC at UFC 67 against the undefeated and frankly quite scary Tyson Griffin. It was a wonderful introduction into what the answer brings to an MMA contest. Lots of dynamic takedowns, top control, and some beautiful footwork. Late in the third round, spying Frankie's leg nestled between his own, Tyson rolled for a knee bar and, well, he got it, basically. He had full extension of Frankie's leg, his knee right between his thighs, he even triangled the legs. The point is, I have no freaking idea how Frankie does not tap to this, especially given the fact that Tyson is a bit of a thick boy and he's squeezing harder on that thing than Ben Askren does with watermelons. Rogan screamed, I'm tapping and I'm not even in there! Then showing the heart and jersey spirit he would become known for, he based himself up and began punching Tyson's leg until the horn sounded. There's your answer, mate. Number 5. Charles Oliveira and Tony Ferguson in what was a grappler's dream matchup, jiu-jitsu finishers Tony Ferguson and Charles Oliveira met at UFC 256 for a lightweight title contender showdown. Tony was coming off his devastating loss to Justin Gaethje. So in May, that fight was was for some other people. In addition to yourself, it probably was was it was for the it was for a lot. This fight here, this it is was for, for you. World. Is that what you're saying? It was for the world. Eventually, he scored a body lock and started working his way through Tony's defenses until he sliced into mount and controlled the rest of the round from there, landing ground and pound until the clapper sounded for the last 10 seconds as he exploded into an armbar, contorting Tony's face into one of extreme agony, stretching out his arm and tried to snap it off and take it home with him. Do you ever look at someone and wonder, what is going on inside their head? Even El Kakui himself lets out a cry of pain as you can't help but want to turn away from the screen 100% sure that that arm is about to snap in two. But impossibly, Tony doesn't tap, evidently just waiting for it to break, and thankfully the round ends as Herb Dean quickly steps in to stop any limbs from snapping. Number four, Donald Cerrone and Benson Henderson. Way back when other rival promotions actually had entire rosters full of talent before everything merged into the UFC, the WEC were putting on their 48th event in April of 2010, a showcasing of its talent culminating in an epic lightweight showdown between Benson Smooth Henderson and Donald Cowboy Cerrone for the interim lightweight title. And guess what? Someone escaped an impossibly deep submission, that person being Henderson, but he didn't do it just once, but multiple times throughout the entire contest. In the first 20 seconds, Cowboy was deep on a standing guillotine, which turned into a dart as smooth lowered to the canvas. It was tight, but Benson refused to tap. Then after taking the back, Cowboy chains right into another tight triangle, but Benson somehow also manages to ride that one out as well. This literally continues through every round until the fourth, where again, 20 seconds in, Cerrone had locked up a power guillotine. Surely this time the belt would be coming home with Cowboy. Cerrone's entire upper body turns red with the pressure from the choke as he squeezes for almost a full minute until Ben manages to slip out. And then once more in the fifth, with one minute 30 left on the clock, Cerrone quite literally tries to twist and snap Ben's arm off his body, as though if he is made out of Play-Doh, he somehow yet again survives. The fight ultimately went to Ben via decision. I guess they don't call him smooth for no reason. Number 3. Vitor Belfort and John Jones 
If there's one thing to be said about Vitor Belfort throughout his career, it's that he's extremely dangerous in the first round. And going into this light heavyweight title shot against John Jones, he already had finished 15 of his opponents in this way. So Bones, knowing that, spent only 30 seconds on the feet with Vitor, actually scratched that he spent the first five crawling, before he shot a double leg and secured a takedown. Great, Phenom neutralized, but no sooner had John found a settled position for ground and pound, Vitor had sneakily grabbed bicep control with his left hand and exploded into an armbar, spinning his hips and lacing John's back leg in succession. John literally picked Vitor off the mat with ease, I might add, as Belfort dangled onto John, who post-fight said, I honestly was waiting for it to break. I was not going to tap out. But it didn't break, and John, realizing this after a split second, slammed Vitor onto his head with all his might, which actually only sunk the armbar in deeper, and for a second time it looked like bone snappage was occurring. His elbows slipped out, and John proceeded to maul Vitor with ground and pound for the rest of the contest. Bones thanked God in the corner after the first round for the teeniest bit of adversity so he could prove to his coaches and to himself he could get past it. That's literally how dominant he had been at this point in his career. Number 2. George St. Pierre vs. Dan Hardy it was pretty clear going into the UFC welterweight title matchup between Dan Hardy and champion George St. Pierre at UFC 111 that if it hit the mat, GSP would have a clear advantage. Not only that, but he was more than likely to take the fight there and keep it there than it was likely that Hardy could land a knockout punch. And that's pretty much exactly how the fight played out, as it took only 20 seconds for George to shoot a takedown, secure top position, and keep it there till the clock ran down. Until there were 20 seconds remaining in that first round, and he locked up an armbar. Hardy had done well to work his way through the rankings and be the first Englishman to fight for a UFC title, and most thought it was about to be over right here in the first round. In a fight he'd connected on literally zero strikes, GSP extended his arm fully and gritted his teeth as he yanked on it, but Hardy didn't tap, and his arm didn't break. The same happened later in the fourth round where even Joe Rogan was exclaiming Dan's got a tap, he's got a tap, he's gonna rip his arm off as George wrenched on a Kimura from top position and the crowd surged sensing what surely would be a merciful finish to this one-sided wrestle fest they had been witnessing. It was all explained when Joe asked Dan about it post-fight who explained I don't know the meaning of tap. Number 1. Brian Ortega vs Alexander Volkanovsky it's a horrible situation to find yourself in a submission in a fight that you are dominating. Add to that the fact that you are defending your UFC championship and the guy who's attached himself to your neck is Brian Ortega, a 22-year-old black belt under Henna Gracie, and you know you really are in deep sh**. Well, that's exactly what happened to Alexander Volkanovsky in his recent title defense at UFC 266 against Brian Ortega. The contest had been somewhat close, but Volkanovsky was beginning to surge ahead, had really started to accumulate damage on Ortega, and there was surely only one narrative left. That was until out of nowhere Ortega caught a kick and dropped Volkanovski and one second later had taken full mount, grapevined his legs and wrapped an extremely tight guillotine around his neck. Surely it was over. Even Volkanovski himself discussed post-fight It was off. Fuck, I'm about to lose the belt deep. After almost 20 seconds somehow digging deeper than the men down under, Volk thrashed his legs desperately to break free from the lacing Ortega had applied and managed to pop his head out from the grip around his neck. He then got on top and ended the round with vicious ground and pound, but in a parallel universe somewhere, Ortega is a UFC champion. A big shout out to Luke Taylor for editing this video. You can find him and some of his amazing artwork on Twitter at cool2me underscore. Shout out to Ben Rosette and the excellent music he provided during the intro video. His music can be found on streaming platforms everywhere. There is a link in the description and follow him at Ben Rosette on Instagram and on Twitter. Thanks so much for watching today, guys. Remember to like and subscribe. I'll see you in the next one.